listening to Splash with Shalene Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. Welcome to another episode of Splash. I'm Shalene Bryan here with my buddy Barbara Cameron. Hello, everyone. Ready to splash you with a little love, laughter, and encouragement to rehydrate your soul. And today, oh, this is going to be fun. Woo! We're so we excited. We got a little cannonball in the splash zone. <laughs> I know. You've all met, you know, three of my children. That's you right. haven't met the fourth one, but That's you right. are going to hear her this morning. And live in the studio today is none other then Bridget Cameron Ridenauer. Oh, Bridgie. <laughs> you know, back when I had my, you know, talent promotional company, mm-hmm. my sister and Bridget were my two first employees. And Bridget would answer the phone, the image development. Yeah, <laughs> help you. Like she sounded like a radio personality. Right. This was like we were young. I mean, yeah. we were just like little kids, you know? <laughs> We'd go over to Red Robin, I'd get her a <laughs> milkshake <laughs> and a grilled cheese, and she didn't even ask for a paycheck. It was unbelievable. Bridgie, it is so good. You know, she's in Palm Desert. She's living in Palm Desert, California now. So she was down here speaking this morning at a big women's event. And we're going to mm-hmm. tell you how to get involved if you would like to bring Bridget to one of your events. It'd yep. be amazing yep. for women, families. But Bridget, wife, mom, mom of three, three adults. I mean, three oh, adults. Almost. almost. I mean, isn't yeah. Reese going to be 16? Yeah, Reese is going to be 16 That's her baby. in a couple weeks. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah, she's my baby. She has been standing on shows. She's obviously... She's your oldest daughter. That's right. So it was Kirk, then Bridget, mm-hmm. then Melissa, mm-hmm. then Candace. Right. So this is the oldest. She's got all oldest the juice. Yep. And she's going to splash us with a little love and laughter today. This one's got the talent. Yes. This is the one that's got the talent. Ooh, Mama just dropped it. She just <laughs> dropped the mic on that. dropped it. <laughs> I hope the other siblings aren't listening. <laughs> but we do have 100,000 listeners. So okay. someone somewhere in the world is listening. <laughs> I'm sure they'll forward it to Kirk and Candace. But tell us... For you, I want you to share your story because we know it, but it's mm-hmm. going to bless so many people that are leaning in right now that sometimes feel left over or looked over or that they missed out on something that God had planned for them. Mm-hmm. And your testimony and your story is so powerful, but it's also inspiring to remind us that God's timing is perfect mm-hmm. and that our timing isn't. That's right. So Absolutely. take it back and let's share with our listeners. Yeah. Well, growing up, uh, Kirk, and, Kirk and I really grew up with another child actor, uh, Adam Rich, who played Nicholas on Eight is Enough. And when he was into acting and stuff, his mom kept telling my mom, you, you should get your kids in the business. And my mom was like, no, like I no. don't even want to go there. <laughs> and like, I knew no. nothing about Shocker. it. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, we didn't know anything about it. We didn't, you know, grow up in it or anything. So, but finally over the years, Adam's mom's, you know, saw my mom again and said, Barb, you seriously need to get the kids into the business looking at a picture. And my mom Mm -hmm. was like, okay. And she thought about it and was like, well, if we're going to do it, like, I'm going to do it because Bridget's the one that is the little performer in the family, you know, and the plays and all that kind of stuff that I did growing up. And so that's really why I'll do it. And so we got the call. We went down into this agent's office and we, the four of us kids, got to audition and she gave us some sides and commercials and theatrical stuff to do. And um, when it was all over, the agent said, well, you know, I'd like to start Kirk right away. I think he has a look. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> he has a look. He has a look. <laughs> yes. And then Melissa will get her in to mm-hmm. doing some commercials, bring Candace back when she's six years old, because she was four at the time. And, mm-hmm. and my mom was like, okay, that's great. But 
what about Bridget? Like, that's why we're here. Yes. And the agent said, well, you know, Bridget's really talented, but just right now I know she's probably going to need some work with her teeth and braces and stuff like that. I'm just not going to pick her. And my mom was like, I don't understand. Like, this is why we're here. And she's like, I'm just not going to pick Bridget right now, but bring her back. And as a little girl, oh. I, I was... I was crushed. I was hurt. Sure. And as a mom, I was hurt. A mama like, bear came out. What do you mean? <laughs> she sings Donnie Marie in the hairbrush in the house. What are you I talking know. about? I know. As a mom, you're like, what do you say to your daughter? What do you say mm. when you know her heart is just breaking? And yet she was so positive. And I remember looking down at her at the driveway by the car. and Or we were walking down the driveway and she's pulling my little sweater. Mommy, mommy, what about me? What about me? Mm. Of course, at that time, I... You know, everything happened so fast. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's right. You know, you, you... But at the time, I, you know, even being hurt in that moment, though, but in being so little, like, my parents always made it fun for us. So, mm-hmm. and never, like, a negative because, you know, that's just, yeah. you know. Yeah, but I, yeah, I'm just going back to when, you know, for me, it hurt yeah. me when you, you know, yeah. felt like, and I thought, well, yeah, this is why we brought the kids because she was the one that, yes. you know, had the personality. Yes. She's the, the little performer. And then it's like, what do you say to your daughter when she's waiting and, and the agent took everybody else but her? Right. And so. Eventually my braces came off. Yeah. I had a very long journey with braces. That's <laughs> very a long. another splash story. <laughs> At um, 20, her braces came off. off. 20, yeah, my right. braces came off. But I was, I was able to audition and, and stuff. And one of my most favorite auditions was I got to um, audition for the Los Angeles touring musical of The Wizard of Oz. Woo! And I got to audition to be a munchkin. Yeah, because Bridget's 4'11". Because I'm 4'11". <laughs> yes. So I fit the they description. Call her a little bridge. Yeah. yeah, I fit the description height-wise. Anyway, so we had to learn a routine, a dance routine, a song routine, all of that. And, and you know, I picked those up very quickly. And the very choreog- quickly. choreographers pulled me out of the group and said, hey, we want to take you and teach you something completely different. And when I was done with the audition, I thought, I nailed this. Like, they pulled me out. Sure. And taught me something different than everybody else. And someone else in the audition said, are you ready to go on tour? Because you just nailed the audition. Mm. And so when I got the call from the agent that I didn't get it. What? I was like, okay, there's got to be a mistake. Like, right. Like they pulled me out separately. I nailed the dance. I nailed the song. And what do you mean I didn't get it? Mm. Maybe I was too tall to be a munchkin. Like, <laughs> right. I just was saying, that's kind of runway model. You know, maybe munchkin. that's why yeah. I didn't get it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I think you were too pretty. <laughs> I was like, 4'11, isn't that, you know, are you looking for little people? But so in that moment, I just kept thinking, like, God, I don't understand why I keep getting these no's. Like, you're the one that created me with these gifts and these talents. Right. And I'm not using them. Mm. You're not opening the doors like you are for Kirk and Candace to be out there. And I want to do the things that they're doing. And I'm watching their careers and grow and expand and do all the things that I love to do. And I'm like, God, did you forget about me? Right. Did you forget how you created me. Mm. And it just kind of left me feeling like, what's my purpose here? What age was this? I was probably mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And I had just, I, after that audition, I had met my husband, John. We'll be married 22 years now. Woo! May. I was at that wedding. Yes, I know. you were. Yes. 
so, you know, in having kids and getting married and just, I kind of just said, thought like, okay, you know, God's putting me in a season of just being a mom and being there for, for our kids and, you know, having a business and, and, and doing all that. And John and I and the kids were actually uh, on a road trip to Nashville from Los Angeles, and we were going through Texas, Groom, Texas, and a very large dirt storm had passed over the highway. It was a beautiful day, not a cloud in the sky. And we saw this dirt storm upon us, and we kind of got into it. Now, living in the desert, we have dirt storms all the time. Right. But never did we think how severe this one was. And so the dirt was so thick, it just blocked out any vision that we had from the car. We could not see out of the windows of our car because it was so thick. But when we started eventually just, you know, slowing down and creeping up, we we came upon the back end of a semi-truck that was stopped. It had its hazards on. John was driving with Everett in the, and Everett was in the passenger, and then I was in the back with Cameron, and Reese was in the way back. And John just turned and he looked at me and he goes, I don't feel comfortable behind this semi-truck. I need to move the car. Now, it was a four-lane highway mm-hmm. and then the shoulder. So John moved to the right of the semi-truck and stopped the car on the shoulder of the road. And what seemed like an eternity was only just several seconds. But a semi-truck coming from behind us, going 75 miles an hour. In the black storm. In the black cloud. Dirt, that you can't see anything. That you can't right. see anything. Came behind us and smashed into the semi-truck that we were just behind. Mm. And I just, I get emotional talking about sure. it because in that split moment, mm-hmm. God saved five people mm-hmm. in that car. He considered you. Mm-hmm. And it was literally like a Hollywood movie. Like I was, we were so close to that semi-truck that when it hit, the cab crushed, it exploded. The force of the accident moved our car. The heat from the fire was right there. I remember seeing the photos. I I was like, nobody lived in these pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And in that moment, I I don't know why, but I, I said to Reese, I said, honey, you've got to get up next to us. And so we took her and I grabbed her and put her in between Cameron and I, and I buckled her seatbelt in. And no more than a few seconds after that, another semi-truck came from behind, hit our car, pushed us down into the ravine and wedged himself into between the semi that was on fire and our car. And he jumped out and he said, you got to get out. The trucks are on fire. And still all this dirt is just around. You can't see anything. Right. Now all we can see is just the black smoke and the fire and all of that. And the heat. And, I, and, and the all, heat. Yes. And I'm on the phone with 911 saying, we need help. We need help. And they're trying to ask mm. me, where are you? I'm like, I don't know. I'm in the middle of Texas on a freeway. I don't know where I'm at. Right. And so I got the kids out of the car and John and all I could hear were voices in the distance going, come over here, come over here. Mm. And we ran towards these voices and got into these people's car. And they took us away, you know, just, just down the road. But in that moment of all the chaos and everything going on with the rescue people, come to find out that there were actually five semi-trucks that were involved in that wow. accident and our car, and there was one fatality in that moment, God kept putting in my visual, in my head, Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm. And at that moment, 
I couldn't even remember what that verse was. I couldn't. But he kept putting that in my visual over and over and over and over. And I literally had to stop and say, God, you're kind of being annoying right now because you want me to know what Jeremiah 29, 11 is. And my Bible's back in my burning car. Mm. And I, I don't know what it says. So when we were taken to the motel in, in Groom, I knew there was a Bible in the car or in the, in the room, in the drawer, in the, drawer yeah. in the nightstand. And I burst through the door and I opened up the drawer and I pull out the Bible and I turn to Jeremiah 29, 11. And, and that's when God gave me my life verse. Mm. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, not to harm you, but to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. And I just broke because God spoke to me and said, Bridget, all those times that you questioned and you wondered if I had forgotten about you, mm. I just saved you from a car accident. I have plans for you and your family, and you have to trust me. I've got big plans for you, and my plans are always better, and it's always in my timing mm. that is perfect. Amen. So, mm. and now she has that tattooed. And on now it. I, yep, I have Little Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. <laughs> yep. Wow. How many years ago is that now? It's two thousand and fifteen. Okay. Yeah, and it's seven years. Wow. Yeah, and it was just amazing how after that accident, the God winks and the thing that the, the things that God did just every step after that, just everything that played out after that, just God was in that whole thing. I wanted to go home. I told John, I, I yep, just said, I, I want to go home. I was crying and pleading with him. I just wanted to feel safe in the comfort of my home. And he said, no. Mm. He's like, this accident is not going to define us, and Satan is not going to win, mm. and we're going to press forward. You were on your way to car, Nashville, right? Yeah, my yes. car was told. Our car was totaled, right? So we flew to Nashville mm-hmm. and got to see Kirk and Chelsea and all the kids. And but to think in that moment, God could have taken me and my husband and my three kids that day. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. To back up for a minute before the accident, because that is just so life-changing. Like God shifted the atmosphere in your world as a wife and a mom. All of a sudden, the things that matter most became front and center in your life. Mm -hmm. But before that accident, you did get to be in the entertainment industry for a little while. I mean, you were Mm -hmm. a stand-in on some of the top shows in, in Hollywood. I mean, Jonathan Taylor Thomas... I mean, I remember going to dinner, mm-hmm. all of us. I mean, you stood in for him for yeah. years and then obviously on Full House and you, you met your husband she, I was on the set. Say, she, I mean, yeah. best part God, is she met I'm like, John. God gave you a lot of starring <laughs> roles, Bridgie. I'm like, you know, it maybe didn't look the way right. you thought. And I think some of our listeners right now are in a starring role of a story that God is the hero of and we're comparing ourselves mm-hmm. to maybe what we hoped it was going to be or what we thought it should be. Mm-hmm. And comparison is the thief of joy. It'll steal our joy all day long, right? Mm -hmm. And I think there's something really beautiful that God did see your gifts and talents back when you were Mm -hmm. young that you still have today. And he did allow you to be in there and brought your husband to you Mm -hmm. through that, Mm -hmm. who then you guys had these three beautiful, talented, gorgeous children who then he saved seven years ago in this accident, and then now gives you this platform to be able to share what 
true religion looks like, who the true star of our life is, who is the hero of our story, who knows the beginning, the end, the ups, the downs, what we don't even know is coming around the corner. Jeremiah 29, 11 is one of my favorite verses also. And I always put my name in it when I say it. And when I sign books, like I was just in an event in Tulsa this weekend and I put Jeremiah 29, 11 under my name because I think for a lot of people, we can get really confused with who's in charge. Mm-hmm. Like who's really in control? You you had no control. John had no control in that smoke, you know, mm-hmm. when you were just engulfed. But isn't it interesting how he had, it was almost like the spirit moved him to and move the car. And that's how I felt. 100%. That's and absolutely. she moved Reese, her little self absolutely. over. Like she the was Holy like nine. Spirit was totally there. Moved in her, that moment, her up. In that moment when John turned to me and said, I need to move the car, I was just kind of like, okay. And the way that I describe it to some people is like, I, I literally felt as if the car was being lifted by God's hands mm. and setting it down. And, you know, John just like moved the car. He just like went over. But the way that I felt the car move mm. was like it literally like lifted off the ground and just wow was sat down. That's so cool. Next to it, and why mm. why God would give him or speak to him and say, "Move the car," right? Because if he didn't listen to God in that moment, oh yeah, if he had took a few seconds later to mm. move the car, that's right, right, we wouldn't be here, right? My parents would have gotten a phone call, yeah. One I didn't want to get. No, no one would want, yeah. You know, Bridget throughout her life, you know, she had these gifts and these talents and she never felt like she, you know, that God ever gave her the opportunity to do anything, yet he did, but it wasn't in the way she wanted it to happen. She, She wanted to be the performer on stage, in front of the camera, all that stuff, right? Yeah. And what what would have happened, do you think, if, you had been. What if what if you went on your own way and did what you wanted to do instead of And before you answer that, hold on a second. Because to be honest, buddy, she got to see firsthand two members, a sibling, an older mm-hmm. and a younger one, get on hit shows. Right. So this wasn't like a pie dream for her, like, right. oh, let's go be in Hollywood. She's like, are you kidding me? Hollywood's going on in my house on the daily. I mean, the live studio audiences and mm-hmm. interviews mm-hmm. and you guys would go to Hawaii and you'd get mm-hmm. to go backstage passes and you'd get to go and that's do all what these was things. so great about my parents right they never made it just about Kirk and Candace right. they always tried when they could bring the whole family yeah. like if there was first class airfare they traded it in for coach so we could all go as That's a family. Right. They never singled out. I was a witness out. to that. Yeah. I saw the whole thing. Yeah. And even when I was in my school plays and dance recitals and things like that, it was like they were still there, even though they were so busy with Kirk and Candace's career. It was we were all so supportive of all, everybody. That's right. They never made it. Oh, you know, when we could. I mean, there were times when we couldn't yeah, go, you couldn't do it, but. It was always them. It was a family. It was a family thing. Yeah. So I could see where 
that wouldn't be unrealistic for you is what I want our listeners to know. Like, you know, sometimes you hear, oh, I want to be in Hollywood. No, this was her on the daily. I, I mean, grew up she grew up right. seeing that that's very real to her. Right. You know, it's like a, a parent owning real estate and the kid grows up and he gets into real estate because dad was in real estate or his siblings got into real estate, whatever the, yeah. or a dentist or, you know, Bryce is a lawyer and my son now is in law school at Baylor becoming a lawyer. It was very real to him. He, yeah. he realized like, this that is just that what goal, we do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You could do that. What do you want to mm-hmm. do? Be a lawyer, be, yeah. be an actor. So for you and from a very young age, it was not a dream really. It was reality. Yeah. It was your reality. So yeah. now answer that question because I think that that's very powerful. I just wanted our listeners to know it wasn't like you were wishing on a star that you didn't see all the time. Right. Sometimes when you hear Hollywood, you think, yeah, that's like the lottery. Mm-hmm. Gain on a hit show. You mm-hmm. had two siblings on mm-hmm. hit shows at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. And so say say you were, say you did get on some shows or you, you know, your your career did go in a way. I, I, say you were Kirk instead of Kirk. You know what I mean? That you were the, the yeah, star of I, Growing I th- Pains. I think what my mom's trying to get to is, you know, I think if, if God had given me what I wanted mm-hmm. and not his plan for me, I would have missed out on some major, major things with my kids, my three, my three children. I would have missed out possibly on things that happened in their life that were so big moments, events. Yeah. Share like about that. Reese. Oh, so I think a lot of our listeners will resonate with yeah. with my story. Yeah. John and I were trying for our third child, and he said to me, he's like, Bridge, he's like, I'm really praying for twin girls. And I was like, dude, <laughs> we, can we just have boys. one healthy child. You know, like, the woman carries the baby, right? Just yeah, one. I've had two. Can we just, you know, have one more healthy child? He's like, no, I just think it would be really cool if we had, you know, identical twin girls was specifically what he said. And I'm like, you know, I'm 4'11", right? Like, will my hips be able <laughs> to <laughs> carry twins? But my dad's a twin, so yes. it runs in the family. So it was just like, you know, okay, and... If anybody has twins, it's probably end up being me. Right. But anyway, so we end up getting pregnant, and I was nine weeks, and I came home from an outing at the store or whatever, and I started bleeding really bad. And in that moment, I, I heard God say to me, specifically say to me, and I knew we were pregnant, obviously, because, you know, I was nine weeks long, but he said to me, this is your daughter. You need to say goodbye. And I was like, what the heck is happening right now? Mm-hmm. And so I called my neighbor to take me to the, to the hospital. And then I called my mom and I said, mom, I think I'm having a miscarriage. I'm on my way to the hospital. And she said, Bridget, she's like, I'm on my way. It's going to be a few hours because you know yes. where, where I live. And she said, but whatever you do, do not let them take you to the OR until they've done an ultrasound in your room. And I said, mom, I'm going to the hospital like these doctors and nurses know what they're doing. She said, she begged and pleaded, do not let them take you. I've just, I've heard stories, just don't. I said, mom, okay. So I get there and they're, you know, doing all this stuff to me, prepping me for a DNC. And the nurse comes in and says, we're going to take you to the OR. And I said, no, I, I want the ultrasound in my room. And she's like, we'll do that in the OR. And I was like, no, no, 
Mm-hmm. My mama said. My mama said. <laughs> That's right. When, when mama my says, mama says, you do what mama says. Let's go. So I said, I'm going to stay right here That's and right. do the ultrasound. Well, the nurse rolled her eyes and I became the problem patient in room, totally. th- room three. Yeah. You know, I'll bring you C's candy after. Get the ultrasound in here. <laughs> yes. So the technician came in. Brought in the ultrasound at that time. My my mom and, and John had arrived to the hospital and they were doing the ultrasound and the technician looked at me and looked at the monitor, looked at me, looked at the monitor and I was like, what? And she turned and with tears in her eyes, she said, you're still pregnant. And in that moment, I was angry mm. because I said, God clearly spoke to me and said, you're losing your daughter. Yes. How dare you tell me that I'm still pregnant? And she turned the monitor and she's like, you're still pregnant. And there was a beautiful heartbeat. And I was like, what in the world is happening right now? Right, why am I bleeding? Yeah, Why am I bleeding? There's something else. And the doctor came in and he's like, I don't know why you're bleeding. You know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, great. Great bedside manner this doctor has. Sure, I want so to deliver. Are, are you related to the nurse? Are you and the nurse? <laughs> you, and the, yeah. you and the nurse, you know, probably, Woo. you know, together. But anyway, so I stayed the night. I, you know, was able to leave the next day and, you know, this and that. And I ended up having a beautiful rest of the pregnancy and gave birth to Reese. And after I was released, I went to another doctor that, I trusted. Right, right. And I went and had some other tests done, and the the doctor looked at me, and while he was doing the ultrasound, he said, you were pregnant with identical twins, and you miscarried one. And he showed me the baby that was had a beautiful heartbeat and the empty sack. Wow. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And I just looked at John, and I said, well, I got pregnant with identical twin <laughs> girls, like your prayer. And he goes, yeah, babe, but my biggest prayer for you was that you would be healthy and you would be safe. And if God didn't see that, that he would let it be known. And so I went on and, and gave birth to Reese and everything was you know, great. And when Reese was four, she and I were in my room and we were just talking and playing and stuff. And out of the clear blue, Reese looks at me in my eyes and she says, mommy, do I have a sister? Mm. And that moment I was like hit in the gut. Like what? And I knew at some point I would share with her what happened, but I didn't think at four years old, she would even understand what I was about to tell her. But God, it's like when the four-year-old goes, where do babies come <laughs> <Right>? from? <laughs> exactly. Totally. <laughs> but well, God said, this is your time to tell your daughter about her sister. Mm. And so I just looked at her and I said, honey, why do you ask me that? She said, mommy, there's a little girl that comes to me in my dreams and she wants to play with me and talk with me. And she looks just like me. Wow. Okay. And I looked at Reese and I said, do you see her a lot? And she's like, all the time. Oh. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so that was the time Mm. that I got to share with her that she has a sister named Sophia in heaven. And and, she'll get to meet her one day. And she'll get to meet her one day. And it was so cute because after she heard and found out about her, she told everybody. Like we'd be in the grocery store. She'd be in the cart. 
and she didn't even know the person. But if I started a conversation with somebody, she'd be like, did you know I have a sister named Sophia and she's in heaven? And and people would just look at me like, <laughs> from the mouth like, of a child. <laughs> and even when she started kindergarten, mm. my two boys had the same kindergarten teacher as she did. But in that class, they got to share their families with little Legos. They got to build their families with Legos. Well, the boys obviously didn't put Reese and Sophia in it because, you know. Mm -hmm. But when Reese got into kindergarten, got to build her family, Sophia was in there. And I got a call after school. (laughs) And they were like, Bridge, we think Reese has a little imaginary friend. (laughs) Because she's talking about this sister that she has in heaven and bubble. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, uh, I guess I didn't tell you, teacher, both that, yeah, it, this is true. And they're like, oh my gosh, we've never heard that story. And so it it's was beautiful. Just, it was just mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Once again, Jeremiah 29, 11, mm-hmm. I know the plans I have for you. And that's for you listening too. I know the plans I have for you. God says plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And isn't that what a good God would do? was something like such a miracle mm-hmm. that you wanted twins and identical twins and that forever, if we follow Jesus, if we're believers in Jesus Christ, Amen. we get to spend eternity in heaven with Sophia. And mm-hmm. Reese does have that sister up there. It's not It's not like it's gone, you know? Right. It's just delayed. Mm-hmm. Like it's just delayed for that time because this time here is so temporary. We're just here for a vapor, the Bible says. Life's just a vapor. We're here for a moment and we're gone. Yeah. And I think of Bob right now because mm-hmm. obviously that's yeah. someone very close to all of us here. And it's like here he was here and then he's gone mm-hmm. at 65. He did not think after he did that show that night that he was done. And then the night you get hit by the car, God's like, I'm not done. His plans are going to be different than our plans and we don't understand mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. It's just the quicker we get on his agenda, the faster we can get where he's trying to take us. Mm -hmm. And I just think of how patient God is with us. Mm -hmm. That just that even it says there in 1 Corinthians 13, everyone uses it on their wedding, you know, things, love is patient, love is kind. And God's going, no, that's what I'm trying to show you that I am with you, Shalene, is I am patient, which means long suffering, like willing to wait for you to get it, that I'm in control of your life. And I know the plans I have for you Mm -hmm. and they're to prosper you and not to harm you. I mean, think of us as parents and those that are listening that are parents or aunts and uncles or grandma and grandpa. You want the best for your children, you, you want the best for your grandchildren? Like, what, what do you need? I, I open my Rolodex to my kids. Like, what do you need? My wallet, my house, my car, what do you need? You need a kidney? Like, what do you need? You know, I'm gonna give it to them. And God goes, and I love you more than that. Mm-hmm. I actually know your children, Shalene, better than you do. I know how many hairs are on their head. I know before they rise, before they sit. I, I, I know their dreams. Give them over to me. Quit mm-hmm. trying to control it, moms. It's like, God's like, the safest place for your children is under God's sovereignty and the mm-hmm. control of God. And Sophia is in that. You didn't have to worry, like, is she gonna reject God? Is she not gonna accept him as her savior? Is she gonna just go rock on her heart? Because that can happen. Mm-hmm. You see people raised in a Christian home and they flip it off. They don't want anything to do with it. I'm into Buddha. That's what I'm gonna do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we can't, I mean, I can't buy salvation for my children. Right. It is a free gift given only by God, you know, through his son. And once I became a mom, that's when I knew the love of Jesus in that way, that why you would die for someone. Mm -hmm. Because when I married Bryce, you know, we're going to be 32 years. He's supposed to jump in front of the bullet for me, Bridgie, you know, like, you know, (laughs) but my kids, 
Oh, no, oh. no. I'll take, take my life. Don't touch him. That's right. Because I'll have Uncle Vito come get you. No, um, <laughs> I'm Italian. So, you know, but it's just, but it's it, so true. Yeah. And, you know, I, a lot for me was having my kids grow up now and, and my oldest, Cameron, you know, is, is going to be 21 and he's living in England right, right now playing Got soccer. Got a soccer and scholarship. Go, yeah. Yes. And as scared as I was to let him go overseas during all of this craziness that's going on in the world, I had to trust God in the most, the deepest and the most important part mm-hmm. of his life and just giving it over to him and saying, God, I have to give this to you because I can't hold on to him. And all those little, like you said, like God winks that he said, I was there in, in the ultrasound bridge. I was there in the car accident bridge. I am there with Cameron right. over in Europe. Like It's just, I am faithful. We aren't. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think because we aren't faithful and because our trust and our faith is so wavering at times that we think God is wavering. And he's like, no, 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 I'm the vine, Shalene. You're just a branch. Mm-hmm. And apart from me, you can do nothing. So you either can choose to remain in me and I'll remain in you or go with your bad self. Because, you know, God doesn't move. And I think that's the thing that's so beautiful about our Savior. We do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can get so far away from where we're supposed to be as a wife, as a mom, as a friend, as a daughter, that we don't realize how far away we got. Mm-hmm. And yet he still remains. He's right there. And that is so comforting to me as a mom. And especially, you know, I turned 53 this year and, and you turned 50, right? I did. And it's like, welcome, welcome. <laughs> welcome to the 50. To the well, you know, 50 is a new 30. Everyone totally. in their 50 says that. Wow. <laughs> Until you meet someone 30, I go, well, you look 13. That's, wow. But we serve a good, good God who's in the victory business. Like he wins. And you know me, Bridge, I like to win. And, <laughs> and so it's like, mm. it's so easy for me as a wife and a mom now especially in the second half of my life, less than second half of my life, to say, I, I want to pass this on to the next generation. I want to, you know, hopefully splash love and laughter and encouragement, not only just on my marriage, but that that would pour over into my kids and their children's children. You know, Blake's married. And so, you know, they have sex. So I'm waiting for a grandbaby. <laughs> Yeah, five years now. Um, so anytime, guys. But I'm not going to be that mom. It's like in God's perfect timing. Yeah. But it's it's exciting. Like I just, yeah. it's every stage as God has us here as a follower of Jesus, he just keeps revealing things and growing mm-hmm. us as mm-hmm. wives and, and mothers and women that he is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. And it was so, it's so great because this morning I got a couple of text messages from my kids and my husband, and they all just said, Mom, we're so proud of you. Aww. Like, good luck today. You're going to rock it. And it's so great for them to see me clinging to Jesus and cling, reading my Bible and going to study and this and that and just knowing that, you know, he's in control of this and he's opening the doors. And so what they're seeing with me right. is rubbing off and, you know, seeing them, it. they're mm-hmm. seeing it and they're, you know, they're so proud of me. Yes. So, hundred um, percent, yeah. So, those listening that want to have you come speak, how can they get yes. in touch with you? Oh my goodness! Well, I'm 
you know, I'm on social media. Yes. Good girl. <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram or Facebook, just Bridget Cameron Ridenauer. That's R-I-D-E-N-O-U-R. Yes. Yep. Thank or, you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to put it up for everybody. Yeah. We'll put that and up. And it's got my email and stuff, and you can email me if you'd like to get more information about having me speak and just share my message. Yeah, 100%. We are so happy that you were able to join us live Thank you for in studio. Having me. I know this is <laughs> and so her, fun. And her best friend Emily's here. She's not yes, on mic, but I'll, I'll post she a picture is. of both of them. So supportive. And do you want to share a little bit about that? Your friendship with her? How oh you my guys, gosh! Yeah, I mean, you guys are like yeah. You know, she's like she's like laughing right now. She's <laughs> looking at me. Yeah, just really quickly. So um, Emily's had an amazing health journey herself. Yes. And so when I was doing my fitness journey and all my social media with that, she found a video of me dancing and <laughs> she reached out to me. That's and right. we just started talking and lo and behold, we had so much more in common than just our fitness stuff. And so I just kind of became her fitness coach and mentor and, you know, accountability partner. And she lived in Branson at the time and I was living here and California. God moved her to California. And (laughs) yeah, it's just, it's been amazing. And I am so happy to say she has come a long way Mm -hmm. and has lost an incredible Mm -hmm. amount of weight. Can I say it? Of course. Yeah, you're, yeah. Everyone's, on, okay. everyone's on the edge of their well, seat. I, just, I, I, know, right I don't want to like say something she doesn't want me to say. We're but have anyway, her on. Yes. Yeah, have, have her on. Um, Emily has lost 165 pounds. <laughs> yeah. I can't I leave, lose six. I know. I can't lose 10. <laughs> six pounds. Just six. Just give yeah. me 10. That's unbelievable and yeah. amazing. Yeah. I cannot yeah. wait to put pictures out. So proud out. of her. Yes. So proud of her. It's just amazing how God put us together through social media and just that connection and just that that sweet friendship that we have. So, I know. Those are yeah. so priceless. Yep. Yeah. I love the the Proverbs friendships. Faithful are the wounds, wounds of, of a friend, friend and wicked are the, the kisses, kisses of your, your enemies. enemies. And you know when you're friends that you have a true friendship mm-hmm. when you can say the hard things and work through hard things right. and talk through hard things and cry through hard things and disagree about hard things. And still come out yeah. remaining. And we've done that. In love. Trust of course. Of because course. we're oh. so close. Oh, and absolutely. She's an only child, you know, and it's. Yes. There is an age gap between yep. her and I. Well, there's yes. one with us. Yep. Yeah. That's right, So <laughs> at times I kind of felt like when she was living here and her parents still lived in Branson, I kind of felt like I was a little bit of a mom sometimes. But, you know, we've had our, our hard times and our wonderful times. And, you know, I always try to do, say things in love and you know, mm-hmm. what Absolutely. God would say mm-hmm. and, and all of that because she's a beautiful, faithful, godly woman. Yes. <laughs> and I love her dearly. So And she's just beaming. I can't wait to you guys to see a photo of her. But no, it's true because a friend loves at all times, mm-hmm. not when everything is going well. Right. And I think that we've lost that sometimes. You know, we think the likes that we get on Instagram or someone's following you or that somebody applauds what you do, that they're a friend of yours. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. I can count my friends on one hand. Mm-hmm. I know a ton of people. Yeah. But my friends that know me and and I feel known by them, they desire closeness with me. They see my barnacles and my warts and my bad habits and the things I do and they love me anyway and come alongside of me mm-hmm. and reproof me in mm-hmm. love because it says iron sharpens iron in the Bible. Those are the type of friendships I hope 
everyone gets one of those in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. You're rich. You are rich if you get one of those in your lifetime because it is that endurance in that kind of friendship that someone cares enough that you hear well done at the end of your life. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful friendship. Like there's nothing greater than a spouse or a friend that cares that at the end of your life, everything that's happened, that God would say, well done, Emily, well done, Bridget. Well done, buddy, my good and faithful servant, you know? And I want to encourage people listening Mm -hmm. right now that, you know, sometimes you might feel like you've been overlooked by God, kind of like Bridget did when she was younger. Like, hey, what about me? Why is everyone's face on the on a magazine when I go to the market? You know, where's my my headline? You know, and God's like, purpose? or what's my, what's purpose? my purpose? Right. Mm-hmm. And where's my identity found? That's right. That's right. Because if our identity isn't found in Christ, mm-hmm. if we don't realize that we are fearfully and wonderfully made by the hand of the God of the universe, we're missing a piece that there's no. Netflix show, there's no amount of money, there's no friendship, there's no marriage, there's no great kids that can fill that void Mm -hmm. in us. That purpose has to only be filled by Christ because he wants to be, again, the hero of the story. He doesn't want me getting credit for it. Mm -hmm. Like man's chief end, I mean, the only reason why we were all created is to glorify God. Mm And for years, I sucked at that because I was such a justice girl. I wanted the credit. No, I did that. I worked for that. Why am I not getting the credit for that? Why is someone else getting the credit? I did it. I cleaned it. I bought it. I earned it. I owned it, right? And God's like, chill out. Chill out. Like, I created the whole universe, and you guys are destroying it, okay? So, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I love that, you know, you came today, Emily, just yeah. to support her while she was speaking and support her today on the, on the podcast. And I really want to encourage our listeners right now to lean into those friendships that God's mm-hmm. brought into your life. Lean into them and love them. Love them. Well, a true friend loves at all times, not when you're just getting what you want out of it. That's not a friendship. That's a contract. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, this is, uh, I'm going to break it if, if you don't, you know, do what I want you to do and when I want you to do it. And a true friendship under God's sovereignty is one that can see each other for who they truly are in Christ and say, I love you and I want you to hear well done at the end of your life. How can I be an asset to our friendship? I didn't know this was going to go this way, but either. sitting here with all these besties, <laughs> was I mean, fun. we're at a round no, table. It's kind of fun. so fun. But thank you, Bridge. And, yeah, and to everyone listening, you. please yeah. go to Bridget Cameron Ridenauer on any social media platform and bring her out to your you next will event. Laugh. You will, you will cry. laugh. You will cry and you will laugh again. That's right. We'll all be girlfriends at the end of <laughs> the day. Right. You'll be braiding each other's hair and uh, painting each other's nails. It's going to be amazing. But thank you for listening. Please stay in touch. Let us know. Leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening from today. Mm -hmm. And remember to splash a little friendship on someone. Mm. True biblical friendship. Love your friend today. Maybe send her a text, a note, an email. Maybe drop by and just say hello. Maybe send a DoorDash meal. Do something to remind your friend that you want to be a forever friend in their life. We love you, Splash family. And until next time, splash a little love. Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at shaleenbryan.com.